He charged me with resisting arrest. Get that confidence in jail. I object. Hello, everybody. It has been such a big week in the Bravo sphere. Sphere? Sphere. Sphere? Anyway, it doesn't even matter. It's just been like such a big week. Um, Tom Girardi has been indicted in not just Illinois, but also in California. If you want to read the full indictment, um, the Illinois indictment, I have it posted on my website, www.allegedlybravo.com. Get parent permission if you're under 13. Just kidding. Remember those commercials on Nickelodeon and stuff that were like, hop on the web with parent permission. Gosh, I miss those days. Um, Anyway, so Tom Girardi was indicted in federal court, okay? So let's talk about the Illinois indictment first. Um, So Tom Girardi, Christopher K. Kamon, and David R. Lira were the three people who were charged um, with violations of Title 18 to the United States Code, Sections 1343 and 2 which is just a really fancy long way of saying wire fraud. Um, In my opinion, this is like the most Bravo Liberty-esque crime that could ever be committed. I mean, look at, we have Jen Shaw. We have who only, like God only knows who else is ready to pop out of the woodwork and commit some wire fraud. You know, it's just like so Bravo-esque. Hopefully Andy never gets charged with any crimes because I'll just die. Wouldn't you? I would just be so sad. So in this instance, Mr. Tom was charged with 12 counts of wire fraud. And that's incredible. That's a lot. If we remember, Jen Shaw was charged with one count of two different crimes. She was charged with one count of conspiracy to commit wire fraud. And two was conspiracy to commit money laundering. I believe, I don't remember off the top of my head, but she, they dropped that second charge and she pled guilty to the wire fraud. So here we have 12 counts of wire fraud. So let's go through them all. Um, but before we go through them, we're going to have to talk about like what some of these little legal jargons mean. So we'll have an ILOTA trust account, ILOTA trust account, and this is an interest on lawyers trust accounts. So basically in California and in most other states, lawyers or law firms are required to keep these special types of trust accounts that build interest on the money that's inside of them. And then the money benefits clients. So if I'm your lawyer and you're getting divorced and you sell your home, we're going to put that money from the sale of the home into a trust account, an ILOTA account that builds up the interest. And then once the court gives the order regarding like where the funds go, are they going to the wife? Are they going to the other partner? How are they divided 50-50? The money and the interest are dispersed um, to the parties. And if if your money isn't put into an interest-bearing account, your attorney can get into trouble. So that's one key word that we need to know. And the second one is the rules of professional conduct. So lawyers are required to follow a code of conduct. Most law schools like require you to take 
professional conduct as a course. I had to take it. Um, some don't, and that's fine. But in California and in every other state, they test you on it. You have to pass what's called the MPRE, which is an exam that's basically gives tests you on all these rules that the bar wants you to know for being an attorney and how to be moral and how to not be morally corrupt like Faye Resnick. So if you don't pass this test, you can't be an attorney, even if you pass the bar exam, if you, until you pass the ethics exam, you can't get sworn in. Um, and once you're an attorney, you have to follow the rules and you have to pay attention to them and take continuing education courses. And it's, it's a big deal. Okay. It's a really big deal. Then we talk about settlement funds and settlement funds is the money that comes from civil lawsuits. So civil lawsuits generally end in someone paying money to another person. Criminal lawsuits are when like the state or, and in this case, the United States government is suing on behalf of all of us, a person for breaking the law. So that usually ends up in someone going to jail and sometimes paying money, but usually it's a, it's like a jail sentence or community service or, or something like that. So in civil lawsuits, it usually ends in someone paying money to another person. So when you reach a settlement agreement in a case, that means that the parties have come to an agreement. Um, they've agreed to an amount of money that will make the case go away. And they'll file that, they, they, they won't file the full agreement with the court, but they'll say to the court, we came to an agreement, this is what it is, the agreement won't get filed publicly, but the judge will get to see it, and then the judge will approve it, and boom, off you go, the lawsuit's done. So, that's what settlement funds are. So, now let's start with count one in the complaint or the indictment. So count one is the longest section of this indictment. And basically it says that when Tom represented the Lion Air victims, he took out a loan for $8 million to cover the expenses of the legal process until a settlement happened and the attorney fees were paid. It's totally normal to do things like this. These big plaintiffs firms, they have to put a lot of money up front to take depositions, do discovery, ask for documents, ask, you know, for documents from subpoenas, and they have to pay for those things. They have to pay for their staff to work on these cases and all of that stuff. They have to pay for the court filing fees, the legal research, everything. So usually they have to take out a loan to have that all happen. And once there's a big settlement, the a loan is paid back from the settlement funds and then the attorney takes his fees or her fees and then which is separate from the costs and all that and then the clients or the plaintiffs get what's left and what they're owed so it's a very normal way to operate when especially when these cases are so huge it it'd be really hard for a firm to be able to finance cases like this all by themselves so the United States alleged that when Tom Girardi settled the Lion Air case with Boeing for the 11 or $12 million in total, um, it included settlements for victim A, B, C, D, and E. 
And in those settlements, he was ordered to disperse funds that they all agreed upon to those clients. And then once all the victims were paid, then Boeing would wire a separate fee to the bank that loaned Tom the $8 million as in for the attorney's fees payment. So in this instance, Tom, their Boeing would pay the bank directly for that $8 million. That $8 million included all the attorney's fees and costs and Boeing would pay that directly. Boeing would pay the, him would pay the firm to the trust account to be dispersed to the clients. Two payments, wham, bam, thank you, Pam. Everyone would be paid. Everything would be done, which is fabulous. Except for the fact that what ended up happening is that Tom used that money to actually not do any of that and instead pay Girardi Keese the operating expenses, funding the payroll, paying um, American Express bills for Miss Expensive to be me, Um, funding other client settlements after Tom had already stolen money from them. You know, robbing Peter to pay Paul and then lying about all of it to cover his tracks. So Tom's like not some sweet little angel. And the fact that he remember in um, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills when they all went over to Tom and Erica's house for dinner and Tom was talking. He's like, Erica, I'm talking. Ugh, It just makes me mad, like hearing him speak like that on TV and now knowing that he's just a dirty old man thief. Ugh. And remember those weird red undies that he that ended up being auctioned off? It's like literally this is just a dirty old man loser and he was just lying and you almost want to feel sorry for him, but I just can't. I just can't. So then come on, the guy who's the accountant. I don't know if it's came on or come on. So I'm going to go back and forth between the two because I've never heard how it's said. So I'm just going to be phonetic about it. But the accountant wrote checks to Girardi Keys from the ILOTA account with descriptions like, quote, miscellaneous case costs. And he knew, the accountant knew full and well that that money was not earned. So the money would go into these client accounts. And then from the client account that they're required to hold by law, the accountant would write checks from the client account, like from Lauren's bladder sling account, would write a check miscellaneous court costs to Girardi Keys, even though he knew that none of that money was earned. That's so disgusting. So since stealing from the orphans wasn't enough of a thrill, Tom Girardi, Mr. Kaman, and Mr. Lira, the son-in-law, by the way, did I already tell you guys about that? That David Lira is Tom's son-in-law because Tom had a first wife and they had a daughter together and then the daughter married this guy named David Lira and then David Lira joined Girardi Keese and now he's all involved in this. You got to be careful who you marry, (laughs) you know, you just got to. So because it wasn't enough to just steal from the orphans, these three guys grouped up together and then they lied 
to these orphans from the Lion Air crash, and they said they never got the funds from Boeing. So they were like, yeah, we never, that money, nope, never got it, never got it. Are you kidding? So that's why they said, yeah, we can't give it to you because we never got the money. So then the government goes on in count one and they're alleging that Tom, come on, and Lyra were like, oh, you want to know where the money is? Well, we actually never got it because it's COVID and because it's COVID, all this stuff is delayed. So they blamed it. First, they blamed it on Boeing. And then when they couldn't blame it on Boeing anymore, then they blamed it on COVID-19. And COVID-19 was a bitch, but come on, you guys, like you can't blame that on them. You did it. So then when the people were getting antsy and these victims wanted their money because, you know, life is expensive, as Tom knows, because he can't afford it. One of the victims, specifically victim B, actually wrote to Girardi and asked for a loan from his own settlement because Girardi's like, oh, we have it in that trust and you know, it hasn't here yet and yada, yada, yada. And victim B's like, look, bro, I'm so broke. I need money. Can I just have a loan from my own money of $40,000? And Tom was like, sure, fine. You can have a loan. Um, even though he had already had the full 2 million that belonged to victim B and spent it on his American express payments and whatnot. That's not cool. So to make it worse, Tom emailed victim B and was like, we made an agreement with Boeing that all of the cases would be resolved and they gave us special authorization to distribute 50% of the case proceeds to you. So he gave him the loan of 40 grand and he said another lie that said, and we'll give you half of them, even though he had the full amount. He's just lying and is a big lying liar who lies. So it went on like this for all of these victims. And ultimately, after agreeing back and forth with Tom and being like, sure, I'll take half the amount now. And I guess we can reduce it this much so that I can just have some money. Total altogether, these victims A through D lost over $3 million total. Because of Girardi Keese's shenanigans. So count one is specifically for emailing all of this stuff um, and emailing victim B. Oh, sure, you can have a loan from your own money. That's count one. Count two is specifically for the act of advancing victim B $40,000 to his bank account in Indonesia. This is cross-country, lying, and like giving false loans into bank accounts across nations. That's not super good. That's really bad. Count three is for lying about the delay of payments, blaming the delay on the pandemic, and including that the government's, quote, stay-at-home order was a factor of the delay as well. And I know Governor Newsom had really pissed a lot of people off. And I'll tell you, as someone who couldn't find a park bench to sit on during COVID because they were all locked down and even the beaches, even the beaches were like 
silly to say, sandbagged clothes so you couldn't even go walk on the beach. And that man was at the French Laundry having just a beautiful dinner. And I agree, I would love to blame the stay-at-home order for delaying my sense of well-being, but you just can't do these things, Nemo. And so count three is for lying about all that, blaming the pandemic, and blaming Gavin or Newsom's stay-at-home order. He's pissed. And if you guys remember, Tom Girardi donated money to um, his campaign, Newsom's campaign. So, you know, just because you did that doesn't mean you can blame things on him. And I wonder if Tom knew about that dinner. I wonder if Tom was invited to that dinner. Probably not, but it's fun to think about. Count four is for lying about receiving the settlement funds for Girardi's um, failure to distribute the funds, and for misappropriating the funds. Count five is for emailing victim B and saying, we made an agreement with Boeing that all the cases would be resolved, and they gave us special authorization to distribute 50%. So that was a big lie, and the United States is not in favor of that lie. Count six is for emailing client C, quote, I've got enough of the problem taken care of so that we were able to release 50% of the settlement because Tom emailed these clients and made it seem as though he negotiated all of these settlements and, oh, it's so hard and this and that. And, oh my gosh, these Boeing people are so unreasonable. Um, So I got enough of this big old problem taken care of so that I can get you your money. You poor thing. You've been through enough. Yeah, except for the fact that Tom was just like spending that money on Chagall paintings for Erica Girardi. Oops. Count seven is for concealing and admitting facts, including that the settlement funds were received. Um, For the fact that Girardi Keese failed to distribute those funds that Girardi Keese misappropriated the funds, and that the letters to clients lied about where all the money was. So he's just a lying liar who lies. Count eight was about sending all of those communications um, to victim E. Count nine was for failing to distribute settlement funds to victim A. Count 10 is for failing to distribute settlement funds to victim B. Count 11 is for failing to distribute settlement funds to victim C. And count 12 is for failing to distribute settlement funds to victim D. And then the government put a little forfeiture allegation in there saying that they believe that they'll get a judgment of at least $3,069,500. And that will be in forfeiture. So that's just from Illinois. And you're probably wondering, why is this in Illinois? And the reason why that case is in that state is because the Lion Air case was being handled in Illinois. And because... This is all about the Lion Air case victims, and that happened in Illinois. Illinois has jurisdiction. Wham, bam. Thank you, Pam. Now we're in Illinois. But because Tom is really unlucky um, and he got caught in all his lies, he also got indicted in California. 
that's not good. That's really bad. So the California Department of Justice released a press release. I don't have the indictment in front of me. I couldn't find it. I don't think they've released it yet. But they have a press release that says the grand jury charges disbarred plaintiff's lawyer, Tom Girardi, with wire fraud for allegedly embezzling over $15 million in client money. So I'll read this. This is from the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Central District of California. It says, Former plaintiff's personal injury lawyer, Thomas Vincent Girardi, husband of Erica Jane Girardi, just kidding, it doesn't say that, has been indicted by a federal grand jury for allegedly embezzling more than $15 million from several of his legal clients. So the Illinois indictment alleged $3 million. The California indictment is alleging $15 million. Wow. So Girardi, 83, of Seal Beach, who owned the L.A.-based Girardi Keese law firm, is charged with five counts of wire fraud. And that crime carries a statutory maximum sentence of 20 years in federal prison. Well, he's 83 and he says he has dementia. So I, if he sees a day of that 20 years in federal prison, I'll be shocked. It goes on by saying Girardi, a once powerful figure in California's legal community until creditors forced his law firm into bankruptcy in December of 2020, is expected to appear on Monday, February 6th, that's today if you're listening today, at the United States District Court for arraignment. What do you think he's going to wear? Do you think he'll match his outfit? Like, do you think he'll act all disheveled and demented? Or do you think he'll be dressed up like nicely and and with it? Oh my God. Is he going to wear makeup? Do you think he has glasses? He has to have glasses, right? He has glaucoma. Okay, also charged in the indictment is Christopher Cuzo Camon, um, 49, of Encino. You guys know what Encino is the place where all the Vanderpump pumpers live. And also Kyle Richards. Yeah, she lives in the valley. Um, oh, yeah. And Christopher Cuzo Camon was residing in the Bahamas, but he got arrested in November of 2020 in a federal criminal complaint. So he's in federal custody now. Oh my God. So he was obviously, we talked about it, the controller and the chief financial officer of Girardi Keys from 2004 until 2020. So that's like 15 years. He knew what was going on. In his role, he oversaw the law firm's financial affairs, supervised its accounting department, and oversaw paying the firm's expenses. So he did everything, Camille. He did everything. The indictment alleges that from 2010 to 2020, Girardi and Camon fraudulently obtained more than $15 million that belonged to Girardi Key's clients. That's crazy. That's so much money. 
Okay, so the United States Attorney Martin Estrada says Mr. Girardi and Mr. Kaman stand accused of engaging in a widespread scheme to steal from their clients and lie to them to cover up the fraud. In doing so, they allegedly preyed on the very people who trusted and relied upon them the most, their clients. Actions like the ones alleged in the indictment bring disrepute upon the legal profession and will not be tolerated by my office. Yikes. Um, This guy who's the acting assistant director in charge of the FBI's Los Angeles field office named Amar, I'm sorry, Amir Asai says, Mr. Girardi and Mr. Kaman allegedly created a mirage over several years in order to disguise the fact that they were robbing Girardi Keys clients of large sums of money. The defendants exploited the hardships endured by their clients and took advantage of their unfamiliarity with the legal process while they denied victims what was rightfully due to them in order to fund their lavish lifestyles. Aww. Special agent in charge, um, Tyler Hatcher of the IRS Criminal Investigations, L.A. field office, says Thomas Vincent Girardi, ooh, he used his middle name, his full middle name. He's in trouble. Thomas Vincent Girardi should have been a pillar to our community. Instead, he is accused of creating an elaborate scheme to mislead his clients, victimizing them for a second time. Yikes. Attorneys are put in position of trust when they represent us during some of our most difficult times. I agree. Mistrust in the legal profession grows when clients can't trust their attorneys to pay them settlements and intended to make them whole. IRS criminal division, along with federal prosecutors and our law enforcement partners, will continue to seek to keep the legal profession honest. I think that's such a good idea. The press release continues by saying in furtherance of their alleged scheme to defraud, Girardi negotiated settlements on behalf of the clients, but then allegedly concealed the settlement's true terms and lied about the disposition of the settlement proceeds. So they're saying, yeah, he negotiated all these settlements, but then he didn't even tell the clients what these settlements really were because he's a liar. He's such a fucking liar, Camille. Jeez. It says Girardi and Kaman would allegedly cause the settlement proceeds to be deposited in or transferred into attorney trust accounts to which both men had access. Then the two of them embezzled and misappropriated the funds from these accounts for improper purchases, I mean purposes, including paying other Girardi Keys clients, so the same thing, robbing Peter to pay Paul, paying the payroll, other expenses, and paying credit card bills for the personal expenses. So that's like the same thing that Illinois is saying. So I don't know, we're smoke, there's fire with that one. Plus, we already saw that that's exactly what they're doing. So to conceal the theft and misappropriation of the client settlement money, these two guys allegedly lied to the clients, stating falsely, among other things, that the settlement money had not been paid, which is a lie. Girardi also allegedly falsely told clients that the settlement proceeds could not be dispersed 
until certain requirements had been met, such as eliminating purported tax obligations and obtaining supposedly necessary authorizations from judges. Remember when he was begging that judge and in that flip phone was that photo of her. What was her name? God, I can't remember. But it was like her jeans. Oh my God, that was so cringy. Um, not good. So Girardi and came on allegedly also sent lulling payments to clients, falsely representing that the payments were advances on the yet to be received settlement proceeds that had already been deposited into the Girardi Keese accounts. So that's the same thing, basically, again, that the Illinois indictment said. So they have this example. So they say, for example, in July of 2019, Girardi negotiated a $17.5 million settlement of a lawsuit related to injuries sustained in a car accident by two clients and their child who was paralyzed in the crash. The settlement agreed I mean, the settlement agreement specified that the child's portion of the settlement money would be placed in a trust and an annuity to be controlled by a third party, neither of which could be accessed by Girardi or Camon. The first installment of the settlement payment, $4 million, was transferred to a bank account that Girardi and Camon controlled. This is for the little paralyzed baby. This makes me sick. Prior to that deposit, Girardi and Kamon allegedly transferred $1.5 million as a purported advance from the client settlement funds. So the, the California indictment alleges that that money came from different Girardi Keys clients. So after they robbed the different Girardi Keys clients to allegedly advance the paralyzed baby $1.45 million, Girardi and Kamon then used the funds, the $4 million that was supposed to be going to the baby, to pay for the law firm expenses and things that were totally unrelated to this car accident litigation. So this paralyzed baby has less than half of the amount of money that they agreed upon, and the money's gone. That's ridiculous. On July 1st of 2019, Girardi and Kamon allegedly caused $2.5 million, a check that was mostly comprised of the car accident client's settlement money, to be issued to a different client, over half of whose $53 million settlement Girardi and Kamon had misappropriated years earlier. Okay, so they just totally blew $53 million from some other client and gave the $2.5 million that was supposed to go to the car accident parents to the other client who they blew the $53 million years earlier. Jeez Louise, these guys. If this is true, this is awful. In August of 2019, a further payment of a little over $5 million was deposited into Tom's controlled bank account and to lull the victims and prevent them from discovering that Girardi and Kamon had stolen their money. The two of them allegedly provided incremental little payments that were only a fraction of what these people were actually owed. 
So Girardi lied to the clients. He told them that the remaining settlement funds could only be paid after medical liens were satisfied. Um, All of this was a lie. And court proceedings had concluded. Tom Girardi had already flown to Washington, D.C., met with government officials, dealt with all of the stuff, and everything that he told them was false. All of the information was false, and Tom had already embezzled their settlement money. Already embezzled it. In a totally separate matter, on January 19th of, I guess, 2023, or, yeah, Camone was charged via information with wire fraud for allegedly embezzling funds in Girardi Keese's custody and control and using them for his personal expenses, including for renovations on Camon's personal residences in Palo Verde's and Encino, travel, shopping, and escort services. Oh my God. So he used it for hookers and living in the Valley. Come on. Trial in that matter is scheduled for March 14th. I can't wait. So the IRS criminal investigation and the FBI investigation are still ongoing. And the Office of the United States Trustees is providing help and assistance. So this, these two guys are just absolutely trash bags. And they stole so much money from really sad, sad, sad sad situations and it's just awful and I can't wait to see what happens so we'll see what Tom wears to his arraignment obviously he's gonna be like I'm demented and I can't play this game but I bet the court's gonna make him sit through an evaluation again and all this stuff because this is just way too serious in my opinion I don't know I guess we'll stay tuned It is important to note that Erica hasn't been charged with any of this. She's not involved anywhere in any of this. And I don't know if she will be. She might be. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Investigations are ongoing. So make sure that you are following me on Instagram at Allegedly Bravo. Check out the website, AllegedlyBravo.com and head over to Patreon if you want to support me. All right, I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Allegedly Bravo podcast is hosted, produced, and researched by Lauren Peavy House. Allegedly Bravo is available anywhere you listen to podcasts and cannot be copied or rebroadcast without consent. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps me out. This podcast is made available by the lawyer or legal expert for educational purposes only, as well as to give you general information and a general understanding of the law not to provide specific legal advice. By listening to this podcast, you understand that there's no attorney-client relationship between you and the podcast publisher. Allegedly Bravo podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice from a licensed professional attorney in your state. Got it?